Good morning. This is AB. This is the Talk About God podcast. And I am freezing happily. Um, Father, whew, I don't know what happened last night. I don't know if it was the pizza I ate or the glass of wine that I had or what. But I had dreams that I was in the middle of a war. And I mean, quite literally driving, like riding in a Humvee into a valley, knowing that there were going to be people coming from all around, like surrounding us and attacking us and like begging them to get out of the valley. Don't know what that means, but it was awful. Um, I got captured, by the way. Anyway, um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that that's not my life. I'm thankful that that's not really my reality, knowing that that is reality for people. Um, and it's awful. So I just pray that you be with them. Please, please, please be with them. Um, I got a really bad haircut yesterday. It's my own fault. No judgment here. Um, and I know it is. And I just pray that you please be with my main like hairdresser and help her to fix it. And give me, I think it probably is a lesson in patience. So I'm not going to ask for the patience to make it until I can get in to see her. That's the whole reason why I rushed in with someone else was because I did not have the patience to wait. And now I get to lose, you know, like half my hair. So much fun. Um, So I'm going to just rock a ponytail. So just please give me really awesome updos. Um, for the next month that I can come up with. Um, so I don't have to work it down. Basically. Thank you for the coffee. Thank you for 36 degrees. I, I miss this. I miss this porch time with you. I miss hearing the birds chirping, seeing the moon in the sky as the sun rises up. I miss, I miss this. It was just really too darn cold. Um, But anyway, Father, I pray that you guide me in the word. Because I'm going to try and shake it up today. I'm going to try to help somebody. I don't know who. Um, But hopefully somebody, maybe me. Please help me. I'm a hot mess. I'm telling you, those dreams messed me up. I got a new Fitbit for my birthday because I get one every, like, I don't know, five years. And it lasted, I took it off the charger Monday morning and it died last night, um, which is not, not cool. So I'm just off. Like I had bad dreams about my hair. I had bad dreams about being in war. Maybe I am in a spiritual war. Maybe that's what's going on. I don't know, but Lord help me. Um, I put collars on dogs this morning to try and keep tabs. Of them better. And hope that they don't bark. So we'll see. Um, But please guide me. Guide me in your word. Guide me in this day. And. Yeah. Just be with me. Please. And help me get a righteous new haircut. When the time comes. 
pretty 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 please okay in jesus amazing name i pray amen so just bear with me because i'm telling you i feel all kinds of off track but for those who have forgotten where we were in numbers um we are on numbers chapter 23 and we had seen where Balak, I believe was his name. Yes. B-A-L-A-K, Balak. Went to Balaam. B-A-L-A-M. Super fun. Oh, I'm sorry. B-A-L-A-A-M. And told him to curse the Israelites. And he said he wouldn't go with them. And the whole donkey situation where the donkey talked to him. And I maintain animals could talk in Eden. <laughs> so there you go. You're caught up. Now, Balaam, he goes and he does a sacrifice. Um, He tells Balak to make seven altars and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for sacrifice. So this is just strange to me. Um, Because I'm so used to following the Israelite tribe, right? The, The Israelite families. That I know God says don't, like, if they sacrificed to him on these random altars they just randomly built and had no rhyme or reason. After he told him to take them to the tabernacle, it'd be a problem. But again, I got to keep in mind that this is not the same people um, or whatever. And God really somehow is using Balaam because he's omnipresent is that what it is i think is the word he's everywhere all the time so um he does it he makes the sacrifices um and he says you know stand beside the burnt well and he tells he says they're blocks burnt offerings but he says perhaps the lord will come to me and whatever he shows me i will tell you so it goes on in Verse 4, God met Balaam. I have prepared seven altars and I have offered a bull and a ram on the al- each altar is what Balaam says to him, like God didn't know. Then the Lord put sh- speech in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak and you shall speak thus. Now, this is fun. So keep, like, keep this in mind. Okay, so he goes back and these are Balaam's words. And he, I think he gives like seven, they call it, um, disclosures in this translation. Block the king of Moab has, and this is a direct quote from God, from Balaam's mouth. So keep that in mind. Balak, the king of Moab has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east saying come curse the descendants of jacob for me and come violently denounce israel oh see apparently this is him speaking for himself see how fun this is um how shall i curse those whom god has not cursed or how can i violently denounce those the lord has not denounced for from the top of the rocks i can see israel and from the hills i look at them behold the people of israel shall dwell alone and when and will not reckoning among the nations oh my gosh and 
will not be reckoning among the nations. Who can count the dust of the descendants of Jacob and the number of even a fourth of the part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, those who are upright and right standing with God, and let my end be like his. So that's what he told him to tell him. Which is weird. It's all from Balak, uh, from Balaam's perspective, obviously. Um, and it references Psalms and Revelation. Let my end be like his. Um, which is always fun, right? Always fun. So... Balak says to Balaam, what have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but you have thoroughly blessed them instead. So he's like, you need to go somewhere else where you can see them. Go to a different spot. Look at them again, and surely God will let you curse them from there. Now, keep in mind, this happens, I think, three times. Um, And he tells him after the third time. He tells him he needs to flee and run. And then he makes, after that, a fourth. And um, fifth, sixth, and seventh disclosure. And he just tells them how the Israelites are going to utterly crush him. Um, So, obviously, he was not, he was not very happy about that. Um, so then it goes on. Um, I don't know if there's any time. Excuse me, that's past. But in verse, or in chapter 25, Israel settled and remained in Shethem. And the people began to play prostitute with unfaith, with the women of Moab by being unfaithful to God. Now, when they say play prostitute, I have learned something which may or may not be accurate. But I have learned that it doesn't mean like play prostitute in the way that we think it means. It means they've gone and they've taken these Moabite women who worship other gods, right? Because they grew up in a different culture. Um,. And instead of the men staying true to the one true God and essentially converting the women, the opposite is happening where these, these foreign women are converting these Jewish men to their culture and to their gods and their um, religious practices. And we know God is insanely jealous in the most like best way of all because... He's insanely jealous because he knows the truth and he knows that he is the only true God. He knows that you are in this instance, the Moabites were worshiping false idols and sacrificing to demons and all kinds of stuff. Um, and so it's, it's for their protection. The Lord ends up getting mad at them because you know, that's what you do with Israelites. And, um, he puts a plague on them. And then of course, 
tells the Israelite men who are still faithful to him, you must kill these men who, you know, are essentially lost. These men who are, um, who have joined themselves with Baal in, of pure in worship. That's who they were worshiping. So, um, a man was in a tent with a woman. Um, and Phineas, the son of Eleazar, which is, of course, Eleazar's Aaron's son, which makes Phineas Aaron's, um, grandson. He, he saw this and knowing it wasn't right. It wasn't, um, a good thing. He went and ran a spear through both of them in the act, just through one, right through the other. Um, and God remove the plague and, and all these things. Um, so God praised Phineas. And I know this seems so crazy because we are like, I am a huge pacifist. This whole violent thing is the least favorite. Poppy. Um, it's my least favorite. Sorry. They do listen a lot better though. Um, but anyway, it's my least favorite, um, thing out of all the Bible. But it's truth. It happened. And I'm not going to lie about it. So there's that. Um, he then tells them, go provoke hostilities with the Midianites and attack them. Take them down. Okay. They go to war with the Midianites and they, of course, win and take them down. Now, we do a new census, chapter 26. Um, of those who are 20 years old and upwards, I will spare you the finer details, but just know there were 601,730 men, just men who were 20 years old and upward that were the age to go to war. We know at 50, you're retired from being a priest. So I assume by 50, they don't make you go to war anymore either. So I'm going to say that's a 30 year range right there. This is a big old group of people. 601 are just between 20 and, you know, 50. And that's me guessing, but still, and it's just the men. Normally, those men would have multiple children each. Not just one. Multiple. That was their goal. Procreate, procreate. Um, And some of them had multiple wives. Because, hello, we've seen that that's not out of the question in Jewish culture. Um, So, there you go. He then divides the land. Um, The larger tribe, of course, gets the larger inheritance of land. Because there was more of them and they needed more space. Um, so all the land was given to them according to, um, the size of their tribe. They're, what they're doing is preparing to go into what eventually becomes Israel as we know it. Um, it's actually the land of Canaanites. Um, but yeah. So, here's that. Um, The one thing I do love is the law of the inheritance. So, it is chapter 27 of Numbers. 
five daughters of Zeophad, uh, Zelophehad, that's it, Zelophehad, had, uh, the son of Heifer, and we go through his genealogy, which is super fun, um, who, uh, basically, they tracked him all the way back to Joseph. These are Joseph's, like, great, 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 great granddaughters, or something along those lines. So, they, the five of them, um, Mahala, Noah, Hoglath, Mekath, and Teresa. Teresa? I don't know. Anyway, those five girls come to Moses and Eleazar and they say um, that their father died in the wilderness. He was not among those who assembled together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but he died for his own sin, as did all those who rebelled at Kadesh and had no sons. Why should the name of our father be removed from his family because he had no son give to us possession among our father's brothers so they're asking for their inheritance the same thing that a boy would have gotten um they're asking for that inheritance and god god says yeah give it to him this is this is right this is good and he goes even further um, to give them a statute by which, you know, if anybody else dies and here's the situation, they have no sons and, you know, what if they have no daughters? What if they have no brother? You know, so on and so forth. He gives all the rules on that. Um, and then he says to Moses, come up the mountain and look at the land I've given the sons of Israel. When you have seen it, you will be gathered to your people just as Aaron, your brother, was gathered. So he's saying, you're going to take a look at this land and then you're going to, you're coming home. You're never going there. Which, in all fairness, really isn't a bad deal. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I know that it was probably a little sad because he had traveled so far and spent so much time and all this stuff. But at the same point, Moses knows God and he's already asked him to kill him multiple times because he was so sick of the Israelites. Um, so yeah, and then so God Moses asked God, like, please appoint someone. Let the Lord, um, this is sorry, this is 27 16. Let the Lord, the God of spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who will go out and come before them and lead them out and bring them in so the congregation of the Lord will not be a sheep without a shepherd. And then he tells him, okay, cool. Take Joshua. Um, lay your hands on him. Have him stand before Eleazar and give him commission in their sight. And I will put some of your authority and honor on him so that all the con congregation of the Israelites will obey him. Um, so he does this and, um, of course Moses isn't done. He's got to be sure he leaves them with all the stuff, right? Like here's, here's everything God said. So the next one, the next chapter is, um, 28. It's lengthy, um, as always. And it's about offerings. Um, hold on. Thank you.
about anybody else, but when both my dogs take off running, I get nervous. Because <laughs> you never know what they're going to get into with their own bright ideas. But anyway, so it's long. It's all about how often, all that, and how many goats and rams and all of those things. I will say, um, I didn't think about this, but they have to sacrifice every day. And they have to because if you think about it, their their sacrifices um, to a certain extent are what's feeding the um, Levites. The ones that are taking care of the, the tabernacle. Yeah, that's all they do. Them and their families, they, they take they care for the tabernacle. So, they are quite literally sacrificing and feeding them. So, they are feeding... They are sacrificing every day. Um... Then, of course, you've got special times. You've got, you know, oh, did you sin and all this stuff? Okay, you sacrifice some more. And, I mean, the Levites don't eat every bit of it. Um, there, are, I would assume, are some things that they just won't touch, um, depending on what, what the sacrifice was for. Um, but, yeah, like you... The beginning of the month, you sacrifice. Um, and then, of course, you have the holidays that you sacrifice for um and all of that the one thing i noticed too is the drink offerings um i think i saw at one point it said strong drink um so this is this is wine um that they are offering to god they it's not for the priests to drink because we know that the priests are not allowed to drink wine right and um i'm not condoning a drinking I am merely stating that all things in moderation. Um, I know everybody's heard the argument, Jesus, Jesus turned water into wine. Um, I, nothing has ever said that Jesus himself drank it. Um, so there is that. And I, I maintain moderation, moderation, moderation is key. I mean... A little bit of chocolate's good for you. A whole, you know, one pound bar make you really sick. Um, I think the same thing applies there. But anyway, you do you. Now, don't do you. And if it's going to, you know, cause someone else to stumble. Just saying. If you not wearing a mask in your church at congregation causes someone to not come to church, put your mask on. Um, that's just my personal opinion on it. I'm not, yeah. Anyway, I'm not the end all be on that subject. Just do your own research. Um, so as always, get in the word, get in the word, get in the word. Please, I will take prayers. I am not above it. I am not a overwhelmingly vain human being. But we've all experienced a really bad haircut. And it just... Especially, like, my hair was so incredibly long. And I was moderately attached to it. Which is part of my issue, too. It bothers me that I was so... I did not realize how attached to it I was. um, Until I saw what happened to it. And so, just, yeah, keep me in your prayers. Um, Obviously, that's one of my superficial things and surface things that I could use some prayers about. 
Um, if we want to get deeper on it, I'm still struggling with relationships. I think we all probably are. Um, mainly with, you know, relatives and sometimes the lack thereof. Um, and then, you know, if I don't have a struggle with them, if I don't, if I don't feel bad about it, there's like a piece of me that says that I'm an awful human being because I'm not still all tore up over something. Um, so it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a lot. Um, and I don't know, like you get, I'm sure somebody else can relate to this. Surely to goodness, I'm not alone in this. Um, so I got blessed with an amazing job with finances that literally just make me cry. And I mean that literally, um, so that I don't have to worry anymore. Right. And then somehow my, like you all, everybody has a worry meter, right? That like, if you're, if you see your checking account hits X amount of dollars and it gets down to that number, you're like, Oh, and you get a little, a little anxious. I'm sure we all do. Maybe not. I don't know, but I do. And I've noticed that that worry meter has changed and adjusted and inflated. And I don't understand why, because it's stupid. If that worry number was good enough, then, then it should be fine now. And anyway, so just spastic things like that. Um, things where I'm, I'm blessed beyond measure and I find a way to screw it up. And I think we all have that tendency as well. Um, so yeah. And I'm of course, like all of us trapped at home. Uh, and when I get out, I get really bad haircuts. So I really should just stay at home. Um, just saying, but anyway, I thank you for sticking it out with me. I pray that you have a blessed day and, um, if it's possible, get outside. I have a dog to find. Um, so yeah, get in the word, get in the word, get in the word and God bless.